Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. We're going to minister this morning about faith on assignment. And we all know that the world is chaotic right now. It's a mess. We have to be honest. It's a mess. You look around and it really is a mess. Thank you so much, Dylan. And I know for a fact that personal worlds, your world possibly, seems troubled. You feel unsure about so many things. But God wants to talk to you today through His Word about His faith that never fails. A faith that can rule. A faith that is on an assignment. And we as God's people have been given, when we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart and to our life, we have, every one of us, been given that measure of faith. And that measure of faith is more than enough to move mountains in our life. But just think what faith will do when we allow it to mature and when we will allow the Word of God to work in us and begin to send our faith on assignment. And that's what we're going to talk about today because, you know, our students, they're going back to school and this year there's a whole lot of unknowns out there, situations they've never faced before. Some of them have already been to school a week and then there are some that are starting to school and we pray for those students. We bless our students. In fact, at the end of the service, Pastor, I want you to come up and we're going to pray over all of our students that are going back to school, that have gone back to school. There are a few schools that started, had to take a pause, and are getting ready to go back. But they're going back, and, you know, school can be stressful. But And then so with situations being different, that adds to that stress. Parents and teachers are feeling uncertain this year more than ever, and they feel troubled in ways because the unknown is out there. But I also know that by the Spirit of God and because of what God has been saying to so many people and to, to us personally and to this church, that we, as a church and as individuals, we were created for such a time as this. This is our opportunity. This is our time. This is the time where we let faith arise within us and we move out because we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I believe that God wants us us, all of us, you, he wants me, he wants us to adjust and have a mind reset. Are you ready to have your mind reset? See, some of the reasons we're not, thank you, sweetie, one of, some of the reasons that we're not getting anything done in our life, some of the reasons we're not getting answers to our prayers is because our mind is so cluttered with so many things that we can't think what the Word of God says. But if we will choose and we will allow the challenge that goes out today to allow our minds to be reset 
to what the Word of God says about our situations, 2020 can end up better than you can imagine. We're going to talk about 2020 because there was a reason when we come into this year, so many were talking about 2020, perfect eyesight, perfect vision, and so on and so forth. And we thought, okay, wow, isn't this wonderful? We're going to have perfect vision of what God is saying to the church. Well, God's vision and our vision are two different things, right? But God wants us to remember who we are in Christ because we are new creatures in Christ. And because we are in Christ and because Christ is in us, we have a new nature and we have infinite possibilities if we just understand that and we are willing to go with what God is saying. And so unless we get a a different mindset and we, we reset our minds today, we can't receive what heaven is saying about us and to us. You will only hear what the enemy has said to you and what he is prophesying over your tomorrows because of your past. And I'm telling you what, he is such a liar. I listened to him so so many years and I I was so sorry for myself and I thought that's what my life was. But I'm telling you, pity parties, they stink and I was the only one that showed up and the only one that cared because the devil does not care. He does not care, not one little bit, but he will hold you in bondage. We have an open heaven, but a closed mind. And when we close our mind, I don't care how open the heaven is over you, we cannot receive the things of God. Now, before I go any further, I have a young man that is coming to help me today, and he's going to read the scriptures for me. So, right, and he's very nervous, and I know that he's very nervous, but he said that God said for him to say yes. First, he said, I don't think so, maybe later. But then his mama said, well, she would stand in for him, but then he said, No, God has said for me to say yes. So get up here, Brandon, and come quickly because you're going to read the word of God and you're going to read it with the power and the anointing of a young man full of the word of God and who knows who he is in Christ. Amen? Come on, let's help him out today. You can read it, Brayden. You read it off of here if you want to or it'll be up there. You just do it. You are anointed of God. All right, thank you. Yes. Go ahead. Young people, give your, your teenage buddy here a hand. Every one of you. They're glad you're up here. You're representing them today. So I'm like, I don't normally talk in front of people. I'm like really stage fright. So uh, if this doesn't go well, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Read boldly and go for it. All right. So Mark 21 through 41 says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name is Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay, with them, to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel her body in that. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed from her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him. So he had turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, 
doing good. Good work. Sorry. There you go. Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking and said, To see who had done it. The frightened woman, then trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace, your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. And that's, that's it. Father, I just thank you for the word. I thank you for the reader of the word today. I thank you, God, that he said yes. And I pray, God, that as he stood in faith today here, and God, that the nervousness and that fear He overcame it in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that from this time forward, there will be even a better, stronger, bolder anointing upon him. And I thank you for your word, God, that is settled and is alive. And thank you, Father, that it will quicken all of our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let this wonderful, awesome reader. Thank you. You did amazing. Thank you. Did you know what I liked? He just said yes. I love that. And it's okay. You know, we have to do things out of fear. You just do it. You know, that's right. We just go ahead and we do it. And every time that we do it, God will just begin to more and more. You will get more confident and more sure. And uh, sometimes, you know, I still, there's, there's occasions when I get nervous not when I preach, but when I sing. Sometimes I get so nervous, I don't know. You all pray for me on that one. But this morning, I want to talk to you about a woman and a man that he just read about uh, uh, on this passage of Scripture. There's so much. I mean, there is so much to be said. And so I'll try not to take it too long, uh, but I just believe that it's so good here that we need to just dissect it just a little bit, okay, and talk about it. And so verse 28 says that the woman... We're talking about her for a minute. She thought to herself, she thought, and then she said, if I could but touch his robe, I will be healed. So first of all, she thought, our thoughts are so important, church. What you are thinking is key to what you're getting. It is so key And if I could leave anything with you today, it would be your thoughts are producing what you do and don't want. A while ago, didn't you love that song that those girls sing, sang for us? 
I mean, it was so powerful and the word of God and then the word of God that, that Sarah gave us. And the word is presented to us to do something with it. And here was a woman that thought, she thought, if I can just get to him. Now, I want to get ahead of myself, so let me think. Let me not do that. And then she said, but if I could touch his robe, then I know I will be healed. I will be healed. She thought she acted, and she got what she came for. We come to God. Every one of us come to God for different reasons. But why we come to him is not the reason that he calls us out of darkness into his light. We come for different reasons. We all have different situations, even though they may be very common. They are our situations, what we are going through, what's in our brain space that's taking up the room of our thoughts. For whatever reason, we are desperate and we need him. But it takes something when we do something with the thoughts that are going through our mind and we turn them into action that will get to where he's at. He says, Jesus says in his word, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your highways, your, your ways. That's because he thinks bigger and higher and better than you and I think. And I can honestly tell you that my thoughts were not nearly as high as his thoughts for me were. And your thoughts are not nearly as high as the thoughts that God has for you. And you may say, I am dreaming big. I am visioning big. I can see way out there. And God says, yes, you can. And I've given you a glimpse. But he wants you to know, son, and he wants you to know, daughter, that his ways are so much farther ahead and higher than what you could ever ask or think because that's the way he did. And one of the things that happens, God begins to show us something and we know that God's called us for his purpose. We know that we got things to do, but what do we do? We begin to see our deficiencies. We begin to look at the things that, that uh, would keep us from being all that God's called us to be. But God doesn't look at our deficiencies. He looks at his strengths. In us, if we understand that it's God in me, it's God that the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of me that is wanting to come forth and to renew my mind so that I can act on the things that I need to act on so that I can get to that place where I get my healing, my deliverance, my answer to my prayer. And so here we are, uh, we see this little woman, and she had a choice to make. Because number one, she wasn't supposed to be out in the crowd anyway, you know that? Because she had a disease for 12 years and, and, and she, the word of God says that she had, had a, a, a disorder that she had been bleeding for 12 long years. Well, she was unclean. And so therefore, she was not supposed to go out where society was. But she had been I don't know if it was a neighbor. I don't know. We don't know anything about this little woman until she's brought into this passage of scripture. So I can just make a, I can make up stories here and I'm going to go ahead and do it because I don't know unless somebody would show me somewhere else in the word of God. I'm just going to speculate a little bit because I do know human nature. But let's just say that this little woman is in her house most of the time. She goes to the doctors. It says that she's been to many of them. She has spent everything that she had, but nothing was happening in her life. Nothing was changing except she was getting 
worse. There was a change, but it was a downhill slide for her. And so I don't know if there was a neighbor across the fence that was uh, that or somebody that uh, she heard talking outside the house in the community. I don't know if she sat out on her steep and, and was out there. You know, I don't know how she heard, but the word of God said that she heard that Jesus was going around and doing good. So her thought process could have been like this. Jesus, I hear that Jesus is healing people. I hear that he's casting out devils out of people. I hear that he is making lame people walk. I hear that he turned. Somebody just came back from, uh, they were telling me that they heard that Jesus had took two fish and five loaves and fed over 5,000 people. And when I heard that, now that wasn't the first testimony that I heard, but it was one of the many testimonies. And a God that can do that, I wonder, I wonder the crowds are everywhere. I heard that the crowds are so big. You know, I, I tried to get out the other day, but all I could get was just a little bit close. I couldn't get very close because I was so ashamed. I knew who I was, and I was so ashamed to get close because I was that woman. Everybody knew me as the woman with an issue. Everybody knew where I had been. Everybody knew that I had been to so many doctors that couldn't help me. I was hopeless. I had no hope in ever getting better. This was who I was going to be for the rest of my days. I had settled it, but something happened. I got a testimony that Jesus was going around and he was healing and delivering and setting people free that had been in bondage for years and years so there is hope for me. I believe that if I can just get through that crowd somehow, if I can get in close, how can I do it? Okay, my goodness, here she is. She's going out. And there's so many people with so many problems, so many people that need him maybe even more than I do. And who am I but a woman with an issue of blood? People wouldn't believe me anyway if I were to tell them what I needed. They would think I deserve what I get, God. They would think that I deserve to stay in this prison of my life for the rest of my life. But I tell you what, this little woman heard something within her that said, there's a healer out there. There's a deliverer out there. There's a savior out there. There is a restorer out there. So I'm going to see if I can't get in. Oh, if only, if only. And I believe that she went along and she was saying, come on, if only. If only I can get close to him. Oh, this crowd is so big. This crowd is so big. That, ooh, I'm going to have to keep my head down. I'm going to have to stay covered because if they see I'm out here, somebody's going to uh, uh, tell on me and drag me back because I'm not supposed to be out here. I'm not supposed to have life. I'm not supposed to have joy because I've done so many terrible things in my life. I am a woman with an issue. I am a woman that cannot be salvaged and saved. I am a woman that cannot be pulled out of the darkness into life. 
light. But she thought, if only I can get to Jesus. If only I can get to Jesus. And so faith began to rise with it. If only I can get to Jesus. If only I can get to Jesus. If only I can get to Jesus. And then she began to make a plan. And she was like, okay, I'm just going to go down low. I'm going to just keep my feet, my, uh, my head toward the ground, and I'm going to watch. And I believe that that little woman began to watch. And she began to wait. And I believe that God began to give her away. I believe that there was a way that began to open. I'm telling you that if you will take the step and you will begin to dare believe that God wants you delivered and God wants you whole and he wants you to see you as a daughter, as a son of God, you will begin to get a pathway because God will open it up and he will let you come on through. Because the odds were against this woman to ever get to Jesus. The crowd was overwhelming and she shouldn't have been out there, but she did. The word of God says she did. And I believe that she worked and worked until she got to the place where she was crawling. I don't care what they think about me because he's right there. I don't care how, how bad my knees are getting scraped. I don't care that my garment's getting pulled here and there, but I am almost there. If I could but touch the hem of his garment and I believe that as she went, if I could just touch, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I'm going to do it. And she gets closer and closer. And all of a sudden she touches the hem of his garment. She acted. She thought. She acted. <laughs> God's waiting for some people. Yeah, he wants the thoughts to be there. Got to Reset this mind that's negative, that thinks you are who you were then. Uh -uh -uh. You can stay there if you want to, but you're going to stay in a party by yourself. And somebody else is going to drag you down into their party because they like to sing sad songs too. There was a moment when Jesus... Not only healed her, but he did something so wonderful. He stopped. Of course, you know what the crowd says because you heard the word of the Lord a while ago, right? You would know what the disciples said to him. My goodness, there's so many people. You know, how can you say that? Who touched me? Who touched me? How can you say that, Jesus? I mean, look around you, Jesus. Jesus, uh, 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 somebody was drawing on me. I pray to God there's somebody drawing on. I pray there's a teenager in here today that's drawing on the presence of God and say, I don't want life like it's been. I believe that there's more in it for me. I believe that God's got something for me to do. And I refuse to just be another teenager told by somebody else how I'm supposed to look, act, and walk. No, I want to be who God wants me to be. Because that's where the difference comes in. There's where the pleasure comes in. There's where the joy comes in. There's where the living comes in. Somebody pulled on me. Somebody pulled on me. Who is it? Then he saw. He saw. He felt it. And he saw and he looked at her. And what did he do next? He called her daughter. <laughs> That is a takeaway for me today. He called her daughter. 
daughter. She wasn't thinking of herself as a daughter. That's not how she felt. She wasn't loud in public. She was a non-useful woman. Oh, but Jesus called her daughter. If everybody else knew about me, they wouldn't call me a daughter. They wouldn't see me as a child of God. Oh, but he called her daughter. The way you think of yourself determines what you will and you won't do. Listen to me today. The way you think about yourself. Jairus was an important man. We all know that from the word of God. He was a very important man. And he had this need that was overwhelming him. He had a need for healing for his daughter. And in this moment, it didn't matter who he was. It doesn't matter when pastor and I need something from God. Pastor, being pastors means absolutely nothing. The title means nothing. Your title means nothing. His title meant nothing at that moment. Being a ruler of the synagogue was not impressive at that moment. What was impressive was he was a father. He was a daddy and he had a daughter that needed Jesus to do something that he couldn't do for her. Interesting. Two daughters here. The woman with big issues in her mind was thinking, if I can only figure out a way. Her mind probably argued with her. Fear was probably prevalent. All the thoughts that I said a while ago, because it was an overwhelming crowd. But God wanted to do something beyond her being the woman with the issue of blood. He wants to do something in your life today beyond your issue of your past. Your issue of what you're sinning in or trapped in or caught in or condemned in or whatever junk it is that the devil is telling you. Whatever that is, God wants to restore you today. He wants to do something because the big takeaway for the woman was she now was identified as a daughter. How long had she been even thought of as a daughter? I don't know. We don't know whose daughter she was. We know somebody gave her birth. That's all we know. We only know her as an issue woman the issue of blood woman. That's all we know about her. That's all the Bible ever says about her. That's all we know. That, that, that was her identity. But we're not supposed to remember her with that identity because Jesus gave her a brand new identity. And he says, that is not who you are. Your identity is you are my daughter. And sitting in this congregation today are daughters and sons. Your identity is that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and he is your savior. All that other stuff may have been who we used to be, but that is not who we are and how God sees us. And he says, now I need you to change your mindset so you can get from me what you need because it's there. Today, we got to take a little bit 
of a deeper look because she just thought, touched, and heard and did. You got to get past the names that you were called. Teens, juniors, listen to me. You're more than any ugly name that somebody's told you. Anything that you've been called by somebody that isn't, they're not really going to count in your life. Don't let that name stick in your head slow. You're just slow. You're never going to learn anything. You're holding everybody back. You are so dumb. And I know some of you adults, these are things that you heard when you were little. You're a stutterer. You're too skinny. You have spider legs. You are so funny looking. You're too heavy. You're short. You're too short. My goodness, what are you, eight feet tall? How's the weather up there? You're smelly. You smell. You're this. You're that. And then there's the others. You're beautiful. But she can't see herself beautiful. That's why she's anorexic. That's why she cuts. That's why she mutilates her body because she doesn't see herself as he sees his daughter. Young man, you may think you don't look like everybody else. You're not buff. You don't have that dark, wonderful hair or that pretty blonde curly hair or whatever and all those muscles and all that stuff all that junk that says this is how you gotta look but I'm telling you what you give me a young man like just read the word of God a while ago that can say I know who I am in Christ I want to be a Christ follower I want to say yes I'm not going to be moved by what other people label me because I'm going to take the label of a son I am the son of the most high because because he's the one that brings me my deliverance. We've got to get past issues that we struggle with, past the sins we've committed, past the seemingly hopeless family situations and the issues of life. God is challenging us today to reset our mind. No longer be identified as the woman with the issue, but as the one going home with the daughter identity. No longer a slave to fear. No longer a slave to fear. Why? And how can I do that? How can I not be afraid when the devil is tormenting me and he threatens me and he manipulates me and he screams in my ear and I believe him? I'm so terrified. I'm so scared. If you could see how scared fear is that you'll see fear for what he is. He's a bully. Fear is a bully. And he will bully you and bully you and bully you. I know. Remember the dream I told you? I don't know. I'm going to tell it real quick. But I, one time, years and years ago, I was in fear so bad. But I was, my life was a mess, but I was putting on a really nice front. People do that, you know. I was singing the songs of the Lord, and I knew it, and I believed it. It was in my heart, and it was so true to me. But my life was a mess. And I had this dream. I was sitting in a forest by a huge, huge tree. And I was sitting there at, at the bottom of the tree. And as I was sitting there, there was this big 
a huge python snake that was going around and around. I'm talking big. I don't know how many feet. It was so big. It was so huge to me in my dream. And I was sitting there. And as I was sitting against that tree, that, that, that snake would go around and around and around. And this tree was probably 12 feet wide. I don't know. It was just huge. It was just huge in my mind. I knew it was, I knew it was overwhelming. And as the, the snake would get around to almost to my other side, the tail would just go across my lap. And I'd sit there and I would tell myself, if I just stay still, he can't hurt me. So I'd just sit there and I knew he was coming back again. And he'd come back again and he'd go round and round and round. And he got up a little closer and he'd kiss my cheeks. And I was so paralyzed, I couldn't move. I don't know how many times he went around. I don't know many, how many times he kissed my cheek. But something was happened. That little woman with the issue, and I had issues, was sitting there. And all of a sudden... If I could but, if I could but touch. And I sat there, and when he made a lap, and just as his tail left my front, I jumped to my feet. Was I terrified? Yes. I had been paralyzed, but now I was on my feet. Faith rose up in me, and I yelled in the name of Jesus, leave me alone. And I began to run out of that forest, and there was a light. It was a long, long run, long run. But there was a light, and I could see that light. And I began to run as fast as I could out of that forest. I would run in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And when I got to almost to the end of it, people were coming in through and I'd say, don't go in there. You don't want to go in there. Don't go in there. And I'm telling you this morning, church, fear has a voice. And that voice is to torment you, to terrify you and keep you from being what God's called you to be. And don't you ever believe that God cannot take out the breath of a, of a python. He wanted to take out my breath. He wanted to kill me. But I'm telling you that he did not get the last word not in my notes peace doesn't come from possessions or positions but peace comes from knowing who you are in Christ if you want a change of life you got to know who you are you got to want you got to make a choice Oh, I had the best songs of pity and fear. I could talk with you forever about depression, but I am no longer depressed. I am recovered. I am no longer an introvert. I am a recovered introvert. I am no longer who I used to be because who I used to be drove me nuts and it gave me nothing. My mind was so full of junk. 
But when the word of the Lord begin to rise, when I begin to let it arise, when I begin to choose that I'm going to get out there, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment because I know I will be made whole. God is looking for some men and women today that know that if only they can touch the hem of his garment, they will be made whole. Your problem is not so difficult that God can't deliver you. Uh-uh. My God's a big God. He's an overwhelming God. He knows how to crush the enemy. I promise you, if you give him a chance, he'll crush your enemy. But you got to believe that he can. Let's move on. Iris' daughter died. Overwhelmed. This little lady gets healed. How do you think he felt? Jesus stops. Jesus is on a mission. He's going to heal his daughter. He had it figured out in his mind. His thoughts were, if you'll just come and you'll pray for her, I know that she'll be made whole. He knew. His faith was in the fact that if Jesus would just come and pray for his daughter, he also, I don't know if he'd been in any of the other meetings or crusades. I have no idea. But he also had information about Jesus. And his faith was high. And he believed that if Jesus would just make it to his house, his daughter would be made whole. Well, guess what? Jesus was going to make it to his house. But on the way, we all know what happened. So we've talked about her enough. But How did he feel? Because all of a sudden he gets word that his daughter has died. How do you think he felt? Things didn't go like he thought, did they? I mean, the dream, the vision, the thoughts that he had, how he had it fixed up in his mind. I mean, Jesus can do it. I know he can do it. This is how he's going to do it. And it's going to happen. And and he's going, she's going to be made whole. But they say, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble Jesus anymore. But don't you love what Jesus says? And he's saying to you, those things that's dead, you think nobody can fix. Honey, you don't know the God that I know. You don't know the God that I know. Because he can fix it. Don't trouble him anymore. Things happen. Opposite of what we think. In 2018, I was so glad when 2018 came because 2015 through 17, we held on with everything we had, didn't we, Pastor? We held on. God got us through, but I don't know how in the world that he did it. So I was so excited when 2018 came. My goodness, we had made it. We had made it. It was a brand new year, a brand new Uh, I mean, I just had, my faith was rising up, even though I still felt the sting and the burn of what was before. My faith was rising up and it was interesting. And I've shared this before, but it's worth it. Somebody out there may be uh, listening today and you need this so badly. In the January of 2018, the Lord asked me what I could see and what I could hear. And I knew that he was asking me, what can you see? Because all I had seen in the last few years had been overwhelming. And he says, what could you hear? Never lost my faith. Not one time did I lose my faith through this, but I will tell you that we were battle worn. Have you ever been battle worn? We were battle worn. 
but my faith failed not. Was not going to give up. You didn't hear our negative responses. You didn't hear any of that. But we were tired. And then God said, what do you see, darling? What do you hear? Then, boy, I knew he was saying, what do you see? What that I can do. What do you hear that I can do? Not what you can see in the natural, but what can you see and what can you hear? And it was like, oh, God, okay. All right, I know what you're telling me. Keep my eyes out going out here. And I remember going to, uh, I spoke at the, our Pentecostal Church of God board meeting, they, our bishop asked me if I would speak that morning, and I spoke on what do you see and what on what do you see. God hadn't said what do you hear yet. And, and we had pastors that felt just like we did and was struggling in some areas and all. But God spoke that. And, and, and then in, in February, I was diagnosed with cancer. You know, I, I've got this. And then I was diagnosed with cancer. But I'm so glad that God had me to take a good luck before then. Because he was saying, Darlene, make sure that you've got your mind reset. See, Sarah said it so well. You're going to go through some things. But what your mind is saying is what your outcome is going to be. Because your mind needs to line up with what God says about our situation Because if all I could have seen was cancer, who knows, I might still be battling with cancer. But I made up my mind in the beginning that I might have cancer, but cancer would not have me. We have got to know that there are things that the devil brings and God allows, but God wants us to put our faith in him and know that he has got the answer and the deliverance for us. Hmm. If all I could have seen was lack, I would never have enjoyed the blessings in a time of famine. Those were times of famine. Absolutely, they were. I would not have been able to laugh with God. And there were times where I laughed with God. Daryl and I both did. Because God has a real sense of humor. You say, how can you laugh through those times? Oh, my goodness. If you get the right attitude, you'll laugh at a lot of things. Because things are not what you thought they would be. They don't look like they looked before. They don't feel like they felt before. But God was the one that gave me the joy of my strength. The joy in my heart. And it brought strength and power into my life. He turns graves into gardens. I'm telling you. He does. He's done it for me. And he'll do it for you. He made seas into highways for Daryl and I. And he did it for Solid Rock. And he's doing it. And wants to do it for you today. But it has to be a mindset. I was blessed of God in my misery. But I didn't understand the blessings of God until I got free from them. I need to say that again. I was blessed in my miseries. But I didn't understand and enjoy the blessings of God until I got my mindset changed. All right, I've just about preached myself out here. None of us. Could have predicted this year, could we? (laughs) Is there anybody here, anybody that had this year already predicted for 2020? I know there were a lot of prophecies that were saying things like this were coming, but did they have 2020 on it? I don't know of any that did. But I'm going to tell you what, in my house, we did not. We did not. 
you're a perfect vision? Obviously. Wasn't our perfect vision. It must have been, it must be God's perfect vision. So that's the one we need to hook up with, right? It doesn't look like anything we could have imagined. Cole ministered and told his testimony Wednesday night. And he thought freedom would look a lot different this year. Right, Cole? You had it in your mind. Your mind was set. But sometimes our deliverance comes through a disappointment. Look at what God's done in 2020. Look what God's doing in 2020. Look at what God's going to do in 2020. Now, if Cole spends all of his time in remorse over how he thought his freedom was going to look, he won't enjoy what his freedom is. If we do that, and he's just, and I'm just using him because I can, because he ministered Wednesday night and he's handy, but I could go, all of us. Choice is ours. What are we going to do with it? As pastors, what we're wanting to do is we want your faith to rise. We want a group of people that know what the word of God says. And when the enemy comes, you tell him exactly what the word of God says. You don't have to know a lot, but you got to know something because your mind is full of a whole lot of somethings. And those somethings are ruling you now. Are you going to find something in the word of God that can rule so that you can reign according to his word? Many of you can quote, Ephesians 3.20, now all glory to God who is able, come on worship team, through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitively more than we might ask or think. Sometimes we're not realizing that more is not always bigger. Isn't that something? More. Who is able to accomplish a whole lot more. Could that more mean that he wants to accomplish deeper in us? Maybe we're to go deeper in him. Because when we go deeper in him, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Those things that you're trying to make happen that will not happen. They aren't coming to you because your mind is not on him. It's on what you don't have and what you're not accomplishing. All church, this is a good message. This is a good word. You need, I'm telling you what, if we will take this word today and reset our mind, it'll be amazing what God was going to do. Jesus was on his way to heal the 12-year-old daughter by a woman. He was stopped. Bad report. Your daughter is dead. Why bother? Others get your prayers to prayer. Not me. Jesus said, don't worry about them. Don't be afraid. The crowd was telling their theory. Don't listen to the theories. Don't listen to what people think about you. You got to get your skin's got to get toughened up a little bit. Why would you want to do what everybody else is school why, uh, doing? Why, why do you want to sleep where they're sleeping? Why do you want to partake of what they're partaking when God's put greatness in you? Why you, I mean, my goodness, greatness, there's only a few greats that will rise up. But let it be said that the young men and young women of solid rock are going, of the loft are going to raise up and they're going to be great in the kingdom of God. They don't want what they keep being offered every day. It's handed and pushed down their throat. Say, no, thank you. And stay flat footed and say, no, thank you. I will not. I will not. But I will say yes to God. I will. We know that get to the end of the story. Jesus has to clear out the house. Negative thoughts need to be cleared out of your house. 
because you got to be careful who you walk and who you talk to. Be careful. Be careful who your associates are. Be careful in your homes what you say to your kids. Be careful, kids, what you say to other kids. Be careful. You being popular and being whatever they think you should be, it's not going to matter down the road of life. It's not going to matter. Learn who you are. Find out who you are because you are wondrously and magnificently made. And you are a young man and a young woman on divine purpose. You're on an assignment. God's got something for you, Brent. Brayden, God's got something for you. And don't let somebody else pollute it. I could call every one of you young people's name today and say, don't do that. Because when we let it pollute, pollute us, let Cole tell you his story when he let people pollute him. You can say, oh, I want to have fun for a season. If that's the kind of fun we want, we pay a price for it. But when it's all said and done, it's not nearly that much fun. And it takes a long time to get back to that place where we so long to be. But the beautiful part about Jesus is he cleared the room. Negative thoughts, clear the room. We need to get the junk out of our minds. We need to encourage our mates with the word of God. They begin to slip off into negativity. Don't be mean or ugly, but say, oh, but the word of God says that you are more than that. If you don't know the word of God, at least you've heard enough here to say some positive things over each other. And then I would encourage you to take a few moments because you know what? You're taking a whole lot of moments to do other things. I don't know the word of God like this man is. I don't know the word of God like this man does back here. And probably like Edna. I didn't go to Bible school. I didn't even finish high school. I'm sorry for that. I repented of that so many times, but I don't walk in shame of that anymore because I went to the school of God. I went to the school of the word of God and say, God, I need you to give me your wisdom. I pray almost every day, God, give me your wisdom. I need it. You said that you, if I'd ask, you would give it to me liberally and full of good fruit. Full of good fruit means it's going to come with love and goodness and kindness and so on and so forth. time to put the negative let's delete the negative today did you notice that on the way Jay Iris didn't make any statements at least they're not recorded right we don't hear any there was no, no feedback from him his thoughts may have been all over the place my daughter has died but yet Jesus was going toward his house Jesus was on his way Jesus was on his way and he just put the crowd out he said, no, I don't want anybody with me but Peter, James, and John. He was still on his way. I believe that the Father had a choice. I believe hope was rising within him. You have a choice today. I believe that hope can rise within you. I believe hope can stand up and say, Jesus is going to my house. And Jesus gets in there and they, oh, there's this commotion going on. I mean, there's self-pity, there's crying, there's everything that, you know, emotions. And I understand emotions. I understand all that. But I'm telling you, when God says something and when the presence of God is there, like it was in that room, Jesus said, just get out of here. Don't get out of the house. Get all the unbelief out of here. And our houses of unbelief have got to be cleaned out. And Jesus went in there and he took the mom and the dad. And he goes in there and he closes the door. And he prays and he takes a hold of that little daughter. Mm -mm -mm -mm. 
and he raises that daughter up and that's what God is wanting to do. Faith was on assignment. It wasn't the way that Jairus thought that he would just lay his hands on. But oh, there was something else going on on the way. Maybe Jairus thought, oh, you know what? I've heard about all the healings. I've heard about the deliverances. Oh, could it be? Could it be? Could it be that God's going to raise her up from the dead? Could it be that, that, that that's what's going to happen? I don't know what his thought, but I know that I want God to see beyond what you're thinking today and, and you begin to reach out, think his thoughts, think about what God can do and reach out, act and reach out until you are touched. Daryl and I want faith to arise in your hearts. We want dead lives. We want dead dreams, dead emotions to be raised into a greater mindset. I look at this crowd. I look all over here and I see in here that maybe there are those that even though they had doubt and fears when they come in that have pushed through and there's a light bulb moment happening of movement of faith on assignment stand to your feet this morning because I believe that you are pushing through the crowd oh you're just like the little woman that had the issue of blood that says if only if only if only I can get to Jesus Oh, I know, I know, I know that this is big. I know it's huge. And I know my mind goes, what if, what if, what if it doesn't happen? What if it don't happen? Oh, but what if it could happen? If only I could get you, Jesus. Will you be like that little woman today? And would you stand in, inside of yourself when you begin to let faith arise? Remember when Jesus asked Peter, said, Peter, do you know who I am? He's saying to you, do you know who Jesus is? Do you know who he is today? If we don't know who he is I believe that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of us we will not think act and we will not touch the hem of his garment we will not touch and let his presence fill our room she knew his presence was going to be there she knew all the stories she knew if I can just get to him, if I can touch him because his presence is coming back by. That's the way you and I should be every time we come into the house of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is going to be in the corporate worship. If I can just get to the house of God, if I can just get into his presence, I know. I know I'm going to be behold. Today's my day. Today's my day. Jesus prayed to Peter, or Jesus told Peter, I pray that your faith fails you not because Peter, your faith is going to keep you in the storms of life. Peter, that faith is going to deliver you. It's going to deliver others. And as your pastors, we pray for you to grow and mature in the word of God. That's all we want. That's all we want. That's it. Second Thessalonians 1 and 4. Can we do this, Pastor? do this all over the world anytime we talk to pastors in the states we proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and your faithfulness and persecutions and hardships and faithfulness and persecution and hardships you are suffering Paul was proud of their faith and patience as their spiritual father Pastor Rhodes and I 
We're in the greatest season of our life because we're fathers and mothers now. And we can boldly say that, and it's okay. And God still got us here for a reason. Patience in the Greek is spelled, I'm not going to even try to say it, H-U-P-O-M-E-N-E. And it paints a picture of one under a heavy load that refuses to bend or surrender because he is convinced the territory, the promise or the principle belongs to him. (laughs) That's what your run with patience means. It's just a picture that yes, it's hard, but it's not gonna cause me to fold. I'm not gonna fold because it's not easy because it didn't look like the way I thought it would because my daughter should have got healed before the little woman with the issue of the blood. No, 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 no. It's okay, I'll rejoice because somebody else is getting their victories, but I will not be be denied because God's got something for me. Faith, in the Greek, P-I-S-T-I-S, denotes a force that is forward directed and aggressive. Faith on assignment, faith that rules, faith that doesn't bow and doesn't bend and knows from where it came and who it belongs to. It belongs to us, the child of the most living high, the daughters and the son. We have the faith of God in us, never passive or back reaching, but always reaching forward to obtain or receive a target or goal. If you don't have a mission for your faith, you're wandering around in misery. You got to have a target for that faith. Who and what needs changing in your life? Who and what needs a miracle? Who and what Are you to be speaking the word over and going after and not giving up? Every time I pray for my granddaughter, Amy, I say she shall live and not die. She will declare the wonderful works of the Lord. She will testimony, testify to the goodness of God. I pray it over Tammy Lindsay. I don't pray, oh God, if you will heal her. Oh no, I pray that Tammy Lindsay shall live and not die. She will. She will testify of the goodness of the Lord. I prayed it over Mary many times. I pray it over Missy. I will not pray prayers of doubt and unbelief. You can come and tell me how bad they are, but I'm telling you that the word of the Lord is higher than any evil report. If necessary, God can raise them back alive. Anything that's dead in your life and not working needs to be resurrected today. Pastor, I have preached my heart out today. I love you congregation I see sons and I see daughters in this room I see children and grandchildren and God sees a mighty move that he wants to do in your life He's got good plans for you. He's got great plans for you, big plans for you. And if you can only see where you're at right now and the trouble you're in, you cannot move any farther. You can't go anywhere. God's got something so powerful and so good for your life. But you got to hook up with him today.
We need a move of God. You need a move of God. You need a move of God in your life. Yes, you do. Go ahead, whatever you guys got. When he told you you're not good enough, he told you you're not right. When he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight. When he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, that you'll never be enough. doctor's only hope in years oh you can't even imagine how many times the Lord reminded me of that dream when I was going through hell can't even imagine but if that dream God hadn't showed me or I hadn't believed because insanity will overtake you when you're in fear. I was so gripped by fear that I couldn't see the need of my children. I was so gripped by fear, I thought that the way I was doing it by appeasing someone, it would keep down the trouble. It's a lie from hell. It's a lie from hell. A lie from hell. Is this going out? So if you're listening to this, it's a lie from hell. I thank God that I finally got up enough in the name of Jesus and ran toward him in the name of Jesus. And you can do the same thing because the bondages that's holding you back are lies and fears And they were set to be, they're on assignment from the devil, from darkness. They're on assignment. They're doing their assignment. They're doing your assignment. If God hadn't come into my, used a doctor that foul language, 
As far as I know, he never went to church anywhere. But when he looked at me and told me that if I didn't get my act together, someone else was going to raise my children. Something went off inside of me. Something else. Because if with the consequences of where we stay is going to affect so many other people. So we think we're protecting them. I did not protect my children. I did not. He protected them. Thank God. I did what I could. I, I, I polished things over the best that I could. I polished them up, but they, were, they knew exactly. And my older children suffered from it. But I'm saying to you today, you need to run to the light. Run in the name of Jesus and get your mind reset. You can reset your mind. I want to pray for you today. And as they sing, if there's someone in this house today and you just want to come and you want, you want someone to pray with you, we're going to pray with you today. Just feel like we need to go that way. There may not be anybody come. But as we leave our audience today, I pray that you will put your faith on assignment. Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At The Table. You can also check us out at darleneroads.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At The Table with Darlene.